time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Yoshi slides it in. As a predators win it overtime. This is the Preds official podcast with Brooks Bratton on Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Welcome to the month of December. Welcome to the holiday season. Welcome to the Predators official podcast. We are back with episode 153 here on ESPN 1025 The Game. The band is back together. I'm Brooks Bratton of NashvillePredators.com. Kara Hammer of the Preds broadcast team joining me as well. Producer Max with a whole slew of buffalo wings, which actually smell pretty good. I'm not usually a huge buffalo wing fan but uh we'll just continue talking about food just like we did the last time we did one of these right before thanksgiving kara i have to know before we go any further into episode 153 did you bring your own gravy packet to thanksgiving (laughs) no but i totally regret it because there was stuff in the gravy that i don't know what i ate but i will say this there was about 25 Southern people, and each person brought a dish, and it was the best Thanksgiving food I have ever had. And I called my mother and said, we've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. our, our listeners who are native to the South will be very happy to hear that. So shout out to, to my family in Cookville for inviting me over and giving me the best Thanksgiving food I could ever imagine. Wow. You heard it here first. The best Thanksgiving ever. Cookville, Tennessee. (laughs) I had my uh, Reese's pie, at least a slice of the Reese's pie, by the way. It was essentially essentially a giant giant peanut butter cup. So if you like peanut butter cups, which who doesn't, then you're going to like the pie. I would say the only thing is if you think of it on a scale, right? Like you've got peanut butter in the middle and the outside, you've got kind of like the points on the edges, right? And so... Mm-hmm. because it's a giant it's it's a pie it's a slice of pie and it's it's just scaled up so much so there's a lot of chocolate on the edges and so that was a little tough to get into so that's my only complaint is maybe could have done uh, maybe a little thinner on the edges but i get it if it's got to hold itself together somehow but that was very good and uh, also enjoyed our thanksgiving spread as well had macaroni and cheese which i never had for thanksgiving until i moved down south so I'm certainly not complaining, and uh, I would assume that you maybe had some mac and cheese, too, if it was the best Southern Thanksgiving ever. I did not, but I uh, wow, I okay. took a, a note out of Willie Donick's book and had corn souffle, <laughs> which now is might be my favorite, second favorite side dish on the table. Wow. But, so he wasn't lying when he said corn yeah. souffle. Corn souffle. I will feel, though, Brooks, I will tell you that I was lied to at one point during this Thanksgiving because I was told there was a fried turkey, which oh. I was very excited about. So that was the choice of turkey I put on my plate. Then during dinner, found out he made it in an air fryer oh. to make it healthy. Mm. So I was a little disappointed with that. <laughs> but other than that, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> love it. What a success. I love that this podcast has turned into a food podcast, which secretly it's kind of what I've always wanted it to be anyway. Uh, but I guess we should talk about the team that we cover, the Nashville Predators. By the way, hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, glad to see a couple of our listeners there at Bridgestone Arena with us that past week. And uh, hope everybody enjoyed some time with family and friends and are excited to be back at it, as are we on episode 153. So we're into December, of course, in the midst of a three-game homestand are the Nashville Predators as we record this on December the 3rd. 
Philip Forsberg's four-goal game. Of course, we're going to talk about that. Mikhail Granlin's apples as well. Granlin's actually going to call us very shortly. So we'll talk to Mikhail Granlin, the man himself, the granny dishing out all the apples, and we'll get to the bottom of that. Uh, Luke Cunning giving back some Predators prospect updates and answering some of your Twitter questions as well. But, uh, Carol, we were just doing the math. It seems like it's been a month since we did this. The Preds have actually played seven games since we last recorded a podcast. They've gone three and four. They've traded off wins and losses over the past couple of weeks. And in the midst of this three-game homestand, Nashville follows up a 6 nothing win over Columbus on Tuesday, a 2 nothing loss to Boston on Thursday. Real quick on Thursday night, uh, the Preds registered a season-high 42 shots on goal, but unable to beat Bruins goaltender Jeremy Swayman. Obviously, they didn't do enough to win at the end of the night, but they played rather well. And Thursday's game was just one of those instances where you run into a hot goalie and the puck just isn't going to fall in the right direction. It's going to happen over the course of an 82-game schedule and certainly still plenty to build on before concluding the homestand on Saturday night against Montreal at 6 p.m. Central, by the way. So make note of that. However, Kara, Tuesday night against Columbus, the Predators put on a show, particularly Philip Forsberg's four-goal performance and Mikhail Granlund, who recorded the primary assist on each of Philip Forsberg's four goals. Before we listen to them again, because they are worth another listen, your instant reaction as you're watching the puck go in over and over and over and over again for Philip Forsberg on Tuesday night. I was so happy for him, but so much. I love that after every one of Philip's goals, he literally turned and pointed to Granlin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was talking to them and I obviously I talked to Philip after the game and he goes, Granlin's putting in all the work. He just makes it easy for me. Yeah. But I think, okay, I'm so excited about the four goals, but then it also completely negates Yakov Trenin's goal with Colton Sisson stitching out that assist, which was one of the prettiest two-on-ones I have ever seen textbook style going down the lane and Yakov Trenin gets to the back of the net. But we don't even talk about it because Philip Forsberg has four goals and made everybody's night. And oh, by the way, Nick Cousins scored two on Tuesday night, but nobody nobody really cares about that. You mentioned Philip giving all the credit to Mikhail Granlin. He did the same thing when he came to us uh, in the media room afterwards, and he even said that Granlin was just putting everything on a tee for him. He said, I think most of you guys in this room could have probably scored uh, the last couple of goals on Tuesday night. I was like, oh, that's debatable, but thank you, Philip. We appreciate the love and thinking that we're in any of us are remotely capable of doing that, but I, I hear him. I, I get what he's, I get what he's saying. I mean, Granlin was just working so hard. You know, he was winning the battles in the corner. Matt Duchesne also helping out winning the battles down low and, and just right place, right time. Every time for Philip Forsberg. Absolutely. You love to see it and you love to hear it too. Here's our good friend predators broadcasting legend, Pete Weber. Here's how he called it from the corner. Playing the puck back now. Left side, skating toward the net. The shot and the score. Philip Forsberg. I think only he can score on one like that. There wasn't much room, Hal. Wow. And the Predators have just scored again. So one at 12.43, one here at 12.52, while we're still writing down the Yakov Trenin goal. Well, get it on the stick of Forsberg. That seems to be a good thing to do. He <laughs> said, we said he was dialed in. Slips it back. Duchesne comes out of the corner. Forsberg a shot. Broken up in front. Give it back to Forsberg. And here come the hat. 
There's the cheeseburger there, the hats. Philip Forsberg doing it on all ways. Up pass to Shane. Now into the zone. Eight seconds to go in the period. Right in front. And the backhander tapped home. Being in the right place at the right time. But I do believe you better get a hat trick plus one here. <laughs> they come in bunches, don't they, Pete? Well, that was fun. <laughs> I like listening to four at once, and I'm glad that Pete mentioned the cheeseburger for Hal, which, by the way, I think most of you are probably aware of this, at least if you watched the game or you saw on Twitter, but the Predators gave their fans every single possible food item they could have received in one game, right? Did so you count up the calories? <laughs> we counted, I think there, it was over 4,000 calories once you put everything together, depending on what you got at what time, so... I think the most obvious one, we all know four goals gets you a Frosty, right? Yeah. A 12-ounce Frosty mm-hmm. at Wendy's. Then Philip Forsberg's hat trick gets you three chicken tenders at Hattie B's. But then he scored four, so they were actually giving you four chicken tenders at Hattie B's. So you've got the Frosty. You've got the chicken tenders. You've got uh, UC Saros got a shutout. So you get a donut and at, uh, at Twice Daily. Then... Because Forsberg scored in the final five minutes of the second period, that gets you a free uh, a classic star with cheese at Hardee's. So that's the cheeseburger Hal's excited about. And then when you win, you get free queso at Moe's. And then, oh, by the way, you go to Mapco, you fill your car up with your free gas. And I mean, what a day. What a day. What a day. I didn't even know about all these specials. That's, you, you know... They come in bunches, as the as the guys said, and uh, you know maybe you're trying to watch your waistline after Thanksgiving. And Philip Forsberg was like, "Ah, screw that." No, and what's the crazy thing about that is he also almost had a hat trick against the Vegas game. He had two goals in his first game back, but mm-hmm. one of those goals, I, I guess, he essentially did have the hat trick. One of them, unfortunately, called back, so he only was credited with two goals that night. But he's been on fire since his return been really good and he hit the post on Thursday night as well and that line especially and we'll ask Mikhail Granlin about this as well but that line with Philip Forsberg, Mikhail Granlin and Matt Duchesne they've been reunited they've been together before but they've just been fantastic and I'll be curious to hear uh, what Mikhail has to say about that trio but it's worth mentioning as well so Philip becomes a third player in franchise history to record four goals Rocco Grimaldi actually did it last year and then Eric Nystrom back in the day in Calgary, a game the Predators actually lost, uh, even though Nystrom scored four goals, they ended up losing in overtime, the Predators did, to the Flames uh, way back when. And Forsberg also recorded his 400th NHL point on Tuesday night, requiring the fewest games in franchise history, only 510 games to get to 400 points, besting the previous benchmark held by none other than Martin Erat, who was traded to Washington in exchange for a young prospect, Philip Forsberg. My, 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 how the turntables. And then Mikhail Granlund collected the, I think this is my favorite stat of the whole night. Granlund collected the primary assist on each of Philip Forsberg's four goals. It marked the 12th time in NHL history that one player had the primary assist on each of a teammate's four or more goals in a game. And it had only happened three times in the last 40 years. That may be more impressive, I think, than Phil's four goals. If there's a way to even top that, and again, as you said, Philip was certainly giving more credit to Mikhail Granlin. What say you? Is that more impressive 
the the four primary assists is that better than four goals? Um, I don't know, but okay. Well, I'm going to go back one step before I answer that. Okay, we deal. talked about how many times when he became the 12th player in NHL history to do that, but the 11th player to ever do that happened on November 4th for Boston. Right, Martian assisted on all four of Bergeron's goals. Mm-hmm. So for this to happen twice in the month of November, also Granlin's four assist nights, both came in the month of no- November. So I guess guys were just kind of heating up last month. Um, I think the four primary assists are, it's on par with the four goals because scoring four goals in any night is never easy, but being the one guy to set up each of those plays, that's a huge feat. Yeah. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, uh, Mikhail Granlin, he did have four assists earlier in the month. You'll remember the 4-3 overtime win in St. Louis, in particular the pass to Matt Duchesne in overtime. Granlin is also the first player in Predators franchise history to record two four-assist games. So what a night. We were trying to find as many stats as we could. And then the Preds went easy on us. They didn't score any on Thursday. So it was a much easier night in the stat department, at least. But no, I, I, that, the Grandland stat. Well, and then I was like, I can't believe that it had happened 12 times already, honestly. Yeah. I was like, dang, that's happened 12 times already. And it, I guess it was a much easier feat to accomplish back when there were only six teams in the league and same guys scoring night after night after night. And you had teams routinely scoring eight, nine, 10 goals. But, Still very impressive from Mikhail Granlin and Philip Forsberg. And one more thing I wanted to mention, too. Philip was asked, you know, what did you do today? Like, did you do anything different that allowed you to score four goals? He said, no, I just did what I always did, which is have some lunch, go home, play some FIFA, video games, some soccer, grab a nap, check his fantasy football lineup, and then head to the rink to prepare for the night ahead. And I loved a number of people on Twitter were like, man, Philip Forsberg is just like me. He went home, he had lunch, he played FIFA, he checked his fantasy football lineup, and then he went out and scored four goals. Philip is a hockey player. You know, like when you you hear about guys that are just kind of like hockey guys, that's Philip to me. He's a hockey guy who's just like the rest of us. <laughs> so way to go, Phil. Way to go, Mikhail Granlin. And uh, we'll chat with him. Coming up in just a moment, the Finn, not the sweet, the Finn. Predators forward, Mikhail Granlin coming up after this. This is the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025, the game. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Brooks Bratton and Kara Hammer with you, and we're excited to be joined by our guest this week on the line. He had four assists the other night. He's been dishing out apples like crazy, and now he's kind enough to join us on the POP. Predators forward, Mikhail Granlin, his second career appearance on the POP. Granny, welcome back to the show it's great to have you. How are you? Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. It's uh, good to be on a show back back on a show. So uh, I'm I'm all good. Uh, just spending the day off here and uh, getting ready for tomorrow. I was uh, I was thinking back to the first time that I had you on the show. I remember I we sat in 
the hallway on the event level in Arizona, and it wasn't long after you had been traded here. I suppose you're a bit more settled now in Nashville. Uh, just, just curious. First off, what have the last two years or so been like for you? Uh, just really getting settled in as a member of the Nashville Predators, and uh, what do you think uh, so far of how things have gone uh, in the last couple of months this season? Ah, uh, yeah, it's um, obviously being here and getting more comfortable and getting more used to everything. It, it, it makes it easier, but I mean, um, it's it's a great city and uh, obviously a great team and organization. So I've been enjoying every minute of it. So. Um, yeah, um, it, it's been fun, and hopefully there's going to be a lot of good times ahead as well. Well, let's go back to Tuesday night real quick. Of course, four goals for Philip Forsberg, four primary assists for you on those goals. First off, what did you think of the night, and what is it like in the moment to see goal after goal go in for one of your teammates? Well, it's, <laughs> it's fun to score, for sure, uh, and uh, Obviously, the way Phil was shooting the puck and uh, finding the net, it was pretty special. So uh, it was a good night for our our line, and um, you know uh, things just really worked out on that game. You've been playing on that line with, with Philip and Matt. You guys seem to have so much chemistry. But for you, why do you guys work so well together as a trio? Well, obviously. With those two guys, the way um, they're feeling and with their scoring abilities, it's uh, it's been great. I mean, uh, they both are uh, really putting the box back in the net. And uh, uh, for that, to be able to do that, you know, it's just like um, winning those box battles, box battles and just, you know, trying to finally get the box back and uh, then the skill gets over, takes over. And, uh, I mean, it's been... It's been fun, um, and you know, with those two guys, they really have a knack to uh, find the open space and uh, finding those opportunity scoring areas. So um, yeah, it's it's been fun, and uh, hopefully we can keep it up. Mikhail, what's it been like uh, again? Just these last two months for your your team as you've gotten going here. You're right in the thick of things in the Central Division, alternated wins and losses over the last little bit. But what's impressed you most about your group so far to this point and uh, just the way that you guys have been able to find some success here in the early going? You know, I think we have played overall pretty good. There's a lot of good things. Um, Obviously, um, uh, there's a little bit younger than we used to be. There's a lot of um, younger guys, and uh, but they have really stepped up and... uh, and I think our identity has been really good the way we play. I'm pretty sure we're not the. It's not never going to be an easy night when you play against us uh, with our forecheck and, and uh, all that. So um, it's been it's been great, and we like I said, we have a clear identity right now, and uh, and we all know how we're supposed to play. So uh, it's been it's been good, and uh, obviously right now last whatever, eight games, it's been like win-loss, win-loss, so hopefully we can string some, something up and uh, get on the winning streak. You talk about identity, and obviously that's one thing that Coach Hines always preaches about playing to your identity, playing to your system. How much of a difference does it make when you have an entire team buying in to the same identity? Well, I think that's the that's the way you're going to win in this league. Um, you, you might win a few games with 
it's a skill, but you really got to have that, that mentality if you want to uh, play good and uh, be that winning team or in the playoffs, if you want to go deep, uh, you really you, you got to be, be a really good team and tough team to play against. So um, um, that's how you can win. There's no other way. Does it make a difference when you guys are having fun? I feel like every time we look on the bench, you guys are laughing, you're smiling. You, look, you almost look relaxed out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, the, it's nice when, when the feeling is, is that way. And uh, it's funny you said that. Uh, there is a really good atmosphere on the bench. And, uh, you know, it's like, like I said, everybody's playing in. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, everybody's really into it. So it's it's been nice. And, um, you know, obviously when you're winning and you're playing good, that helps. Uh, everybody's not that tight. So, uh um, that's that's one thing too. Mikhail, tell us about your decision to sign a four-year deal with the Predators over the summer. Especially, you were traded two seasons ago, then you come back for one year, and then to to make a long-term commitment here. Why did you make that decision, and and why was it a good fit for you at this point in your career? Well, I really like. Uh, I really wanted to get back, and uh, but. Uh, really like the team. I like the city. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, one big thing is the way team and the coaches sees me. I, I, I've been, uh, uh, since Heinze came in, I've been playing a lot. I've been getting a lot of responsibilities out there. So, I mean, as a player, that's what you want. You want to um, really be an important part of the team. And uh, um, that's how everything, everything gets even better, you know, winnings when you win that feels better and obviously when you lose it really sucks but but you know, like you when you have a lot of responsibilities, uh, uh that's what makes it uh, a lot of fun to play hockey. You were also named an assistant captain prior to the start of the season, being a member of that leadership group. What's it like to wear a letter and what kind of responsibility is that how, how do you view it? How do you approach being an assistant captain on this club? Well, I don't know if it really changes anything. I mean, for me, it's just about uh, doing my job and, and you know trying to set the example every single day, and um, you know just the work ethic, and hopefully someone uh, get that shows an example or something. But you know, uh, as far as my how I come by myself it's it's just the same thing and uh, I'll just try to do my best out there well we all know that your fellow countryman Pecorine retired over the summer what was it like for you to to play with him in Nashville and you know now you have UC Soros in net but what was your thought when you first found out that that Pecca was gonna call it a career well, at first I said, like, are you serious? Maybe you should come back. Like, you're not done yet. Like, come on. You're in a good shape still. But uh, no, he's, he's in a good place in his life, and I, I'm i happy for him. Um, um, and obviously, the way the what he did for this team and for this city, and um, uh, it, it, he's, he's such a legend. So um, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I had such a great career, and, uh, you know, it's, Obviously, good to see Choose right now. Uh, the way he's playing, the way he's stepping up and being that number one goalie. Uh, uh, we're in a 
We're in a good spot. We goalies are are great, and uh, you know, um, you know, choose for sure got so much out of Texas role, and uh, and uh, um, I'm happy for both of them. Granny, we know how popular Pekka is here in Nashville, but what does he mean to hockey fans in Finland? Can you kind of describe that for us? As to I've I've heard stories that obviously he's. He's the winningest Finnish goaltender in NHL history, but uh, is is he as popular over there as he is here? Oh, he's popular anywhere he goes. You know, uh, he's one of those guys that when he comes to a, comes to a room or anywhere, he just lights up the room. So uh, um, he's he's really popular, and people obviously love him all over, but uh, in Finland as well. So um, I mean, he's just the overall great guy, as you guys know. What do you miss most about maybe seeing him on, on a daily basis and, you know, just not having him in the locker room anymore? Well, it's it's tough. Obviously, he's such a good friend. And um, um, obviously, the way every player looks up to him and um, and how he handles things and how he treats people, it's uh, it, it's so great, and uh, uh, everybody misses him. But you know, uh, like I said, he's in a good place in his life, and he's really enjoying his uh, retirement right now. So um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Predators forward Mikhail Granlin is our guest here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And Granny, I wanted to ask you a couple since it's holiday time. December's here; the holiday season is underway. I'm curious, first off. What do you remember about this time of year as a kid? Did you have any family traditions, any any gifts that you remember of get, uh, getting as a child, anything like that? I mean, it's Christmas time, uh, obviously. As a kid, that is probably the best time uh, of the year with, with all the um, gifts and um, Santa and all that. But in, in Finland, obviously, we, we got a lot of snow there and all that, so it just... When I think about Christmas, it's it's white, and um, and I really like this Christmas time for sure. I had heard that Matthias Ekholm has told the story of watching almost like a like a Disney cartoon, like some sort of Christmas cartoon in in Sweden. At least, have you ever heard of anything like that? Did you do anything similar to that, or is that just reserved uh, for the Swedes? Uh, I, I, I really haven't heard about that, so that's probably a sweet thing, and, uh, you know, uh, let them have it, you know, <laughs> we can do our own thing. So with all the, the snow in Finland, are you, are you into any other snow sports? I mean, is hockey your only kind of, like, winter activity, or did you ski, snowboard? Um, I, when I was a kid, I used to snowboard quite a bit, actually, but, um, uh, not for the last, last 15 years I haven't been on a snowboard, but um, it was pretty much all about hockey. And uh, and uh, this was a great time when it, it got colder outside. You could go to outdoor rinks and uh, just play all day long. And uh, um, it's it's a fun time. And uh, I just remember playing all the time and being on skates all the time and, you know, uh, just having fun out there. Being on the outdoor rink, how – much did you enjoy playing last year in the Winter Classic, and now looking forward to having the Stadium Series here in Nashville? Oh, that's awesome! Um, you know, that's how 
pretty much everybody grew up playing outdoor rink and playing outdoor show. Uh, um, I'm being lucky to be played like we. I think we had one in Minnesota, obviously Dallas one. I played two in Finland, those outdoor games. So it's gonna be my fifth one, and uh, I've enjoyed every single one of them. So uh, uh, it's been fun, and uh, I'm, I, I'm, I can't wait. It's it's gonna be a great time here in Nashville. We know you'll have the family certainly there uh, as well here in Nashville. You you mentioned about it's the best time of year when you're a kid. So as a dad now, what what is this time of year like for you? What's it like at the Grandland household around Christmas time? Well, it's busy. <laughs> it feels like every single day, but no, it's awesome. Uh, obviously, kids, uh, the older one is starting to get what really Christmas is and Santa is is coming and all that. So uh, it's an exciting time for everybody. And, um, you know, um, let's just enjoy this uh, month of December. Is is the, your oldest skating yet? Is it time for that or not quite yet? Well, yeah, I, I, I got him skates, but every time I ask him, like, you want to put this on? He says, no, thank you. I'll go do something else. And I'm like, okay, maybe one day the time is right, but I'll, I'll keep trying every single day, but... <laughs> we'll see when he when he gets into it. <laughs> well, he's at least he's polite about it, right? Oh yeah, he's, he's really polite, and but he he wants nothing to do with the skates right now. <laughs> what uh, what what do you enjoy most about this time of year uh, as a dad? As you said, you're you're he's he's starting to realize what Santa is and and what Christmas is. I mean, do you think back to when you were a kid at all? What what, what is that like for you? Just to kind of comes all full circle at this time of year, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's so awesome. And obviously all the learning, all the all the stuff and, um, you know, knowing uh, what, what's what's going on and all that. So it, it's great to see. And um, I really enjoy every moment of that. And uh, hopefully I can teach him some things uh, for him. And uh, um, um, but as long as they're happy, that's, that's the biggest thing. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you and him out there on the ice with skates on one day soon. But uh, yeah. for now, we'll look forward to seeing you dishing out some more assists. But, uh, Granny, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for doing this again. All the best to you and the family. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll talk to you again soon. All right. That's good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Brooks Bratton, Kara Hammer, back alongside as we roll along on episode 153. And uh, we wanted to get to a pretty cool story. And you may have seen it on Preds.com a couple of weeks ago, but certainly wanted to make mention of it here as well. And that's something that Predators forward Luke Cunning is engaged in. You may know this. We've reported on it before. Uh, even on this show, actually, when he first was traded here to Nashville and we had him on the pod and asked him about it. But uh, he's a type 1 diabetic, was diagnosed at age 12, and he's had a lot of people, specifically B.J. Crombie, and he used to play for the St. Louis Blues, uh, really give him some good help coming up through the ranks and showed him that, hey, just because you're dealing with this doesn't mean that you still can't be 
an NHL player and achieve your dreams. So after he entered the NHL with the Minnesota Wild, Cunnan became an ambassador for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And now he's pioneered his own initiative, the Luke Cunnan T1D Fund. So simply, very simply put, he wants to help not only hockey players, but all kids who are dealing with diabetes and uh, give them a little bit of hope and say, just because you've got this doesn't mean that you can't achieve anything you want to do. The money raised via the fund goes toward the JDRF's research efforts into type one. And uh, the kind of impact it has is is just something that Cunnan has wanted to provide for a long time during his NHL career. And uh, he's done a great job at having some kids out to some Preds games and uh, tossing them pucks during warmups and just a chance to meet them and talk to them. Uh, but Kara, what a, what a cool initiative for someone who, you know, you wouldn't know it by looking at him uh, on the ice, yeah. obviously. He's he's a great player and he's made a great career for himself, but a uh, really cool way to to be able to give back. And it's a very personal touch for him. I love how he, he talked about, you know, having the families out and he was like, you know, the one thing about it is just being able to help any way I can, but to also be able to show them, hey, here I am. I have type one diabetes and I'm playing in the National Hockey League. I'm playing at the highest level. Anything is possible. 100%. And I, and I think that's something that, um, you know, just for someone like that, I think all hockey players want to do something charitable. I think they realize once you get to this level that uh, there's so many people who help you along the way. And again, he was very complimentary toward BJ Crombie who reached out to him when he was a young hockey player and said, Hey, like you can do this. And, uh, Cunnan has certainly found a way to make it work. And it was, it was a great story. He really had a lot to say about it. You can check it out on his Twitter page, Luke Cunnan's Twitter page. He had a video uh, of it just speaking of the initiative and, uh, the story on NashvillePredators.com as well. So, Shout out to Luke Cunnan and the good that he is doing there. Wanted to mention a couple of other items as well, particularly a pair of Predators prospects who are tearing it up with their junior team. So Luke Evangelista, who was drafted in the second round of the 2020 draft, he leads the Ontario Hockey League with 20 goals, tied for fifth in points with 33 as of December 1st. And he was named to Team Canada's World Junior Selection Camp recently. So... Not on the team yet for the World Juniors, but I've got to think that he's got a pretty darn good shot. And uh, he's doing a lot of good things. The Preds are really excited about his development. And then Zachary LaRue, we all know about him. He's got the hair, he's got the look, he's got the feistiness, uh, but he can also put up the points as well. So he's playing uh, in the QMJHL for the Halifax Mooseheads. 23 points on the season. He was named to the QMJHL Team of the Week on November 29th after posting six points, two goals, and four assists in two games. And uh, he's he's doing quite well for himself, too. So wanted to give those guys a couple uh, of, of recognition for just a moment. And again, Evangelista in the OHL, uh, captaining the London Knights. So that is quite the experience for a young man to be the captain of a junior team. And uh, the future looks bright. And Kara, I, I think, too, for these guys at these this stage of their career, They've been drafted, but then now it's all about showing what you're capable of and continuing to mature and working with Predators development staff and guys like Sebastian Bordalo, who we had on the last episode. So much of that comes from people like him, and this mm-hmm. is just another step for these guys. I love it, you know, and it's a chance for them to grow. 
play together, also like be teammates and, you know, be able to find a way to, to get noticed. Look how, you know, I always think, look how young some of the guys are on the Predators right now on our current roster. Well, especially someone like Phil Tomasino, who was in their position just a couple of years ago, and a guy that Sebastian Bordalo mentioned uh, specifically, who, again, two years ago, he was lighting it up in the Ontario Hockey League, and now he's finding his way in the National Hockey League. So uh, you never know the trajectory that, that some guys are going to go on. Some take a little bit longer than others, and some never make it. But at least you, you'd like to see uh, the guys that you have in your system doing well at the lower levels, and uh, these two are certainly doing that. And by the way, you can check out the Prospect Report every week on Preds.com uh, if you're ever curious on how the guys in the system are doing and get to know them before they make it here to Nashville. So well done, gents, and uh, keep it going north of the border. The POP will return in just a moment as we answer some questions for the week and give you a chance for another giveaway. That's right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Is it ever? It doesn't feel like Christmas in Nashville. It's 75 degrees today. But the lights are up at least, so that helps. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of the POP. I'm Brooks. She's Kara. Max is here too, crushing his buffalo wings. Our thanks, uh, by the way, to Mikhail Granlund for joining us in the second segment. Uh, Love to hear about some of his Christmas traditions and especially his son politely saying, no, thank you. I don't want to go for a skate quite yet, but uh, they'll get there one day, right? I feel like Granlin has really good manners. So I just imagine that that's what happens in their household as well. It gets passed along. At least he was like, you know, again, you get a little guy saying, no, thank you. (laughs) That's better than a temper tantrum or something like that. So uh, no, thanks once again to, Mikhail Granlund for joining us and thanks to all of you for listening and I'm curious because I've seen these come up before and Kara you're probably familiar I think anybody who has social media or at least Instagram is familiar as to what's been going on this week but in the month of December the annual Spotify wrapped comes out and Spotify users love to show what they've been listening to throughout the year and some of their favorite songs and their most listened to artists and I happen to know that podcasts are also a category, and we've seen them come up before. I haven't seen any this year, but I'm curious if any Spotify listeners who are also loyal listeners of the show, if the POP has come up in your wrapped, one, we would love to see it, but two, if you have seen it, and I'll I'll give you the Instagram option too, but if you want to tag me and Kara... Uh, on Twitter, or if you want to tag me on Instagram as well, if the POP has shown up in your Spotify wrapped, uh, use hashtag Preds podcast and go ahead and tag us and show us if it's there. And uh, you may be entered to win a nice little prize pack. I've actually got some really cool things at my desk that I would like to distribute out. So if you've been a loyal listener and the POP showed up on your Spotify wrapped, uh, shoot us a photo and maybe we'll get you something. Just a little teaser there, a little early holiday present. That's pretty cool. I like that. I love, you know what? I love seeing the the people who won the tickets for the Wednesday and Friday game on Thanksgiving week mm-hmm. from listening to the podcast and their photos that they took and tweeted us from the game. I'm always so I happy when people take the selfies. I love seeing them actually at the, I'm always like, do they ever make it? 
It's so awesome. I mean, like just going to a game is such, I always tell people like it's a, it's a happening. It's a thing to do. Yep. It's so much fun. Yep. Yep. And they're usually pretty good seats. Like, yeah. I don't know. I hope that people, you know, I'm sure they're just happy to be there, but I think maybe sometimes people are like, oh, it's just a podcast. They'll probably be up in the nosebleeds. And then they're like right there. So thanks but for you know, Willie and Mace call the game from those nosebleed seats you speak of. That's where the media sits. So <laughs> that's where I, I sit. Don't the seat. Carrie, you're because down you're down low though. I watch the game off of a television. It's <laughs> better than the one I have. <laughs> isn't that isn't that fun? In the building, but still watching on television. Yeah. What a life. What a life. Well, thanks to everyone for listening, by the way, not only now but throughout the year. So we hope to See a couple of photos there, and uh, maybe you'll get yourself some cool Pred swag. There are a couple questions that came in, by the way, as well, that we'll get to really quick. David said, oh, and of course, the Stadium Series jerseys uh, were revealed on Thursday. You you know what they look like now. You've seen them on social media on Preds.com, and uh, you can not only pre-order their, the jerseys, but you can get your tickets for the Stadium Series game on February 26th if you haven't yet. Um, and all kinds of info about the jersey, why it's designed the way it is, and uh, some info there from Adidas and the NHL who took care of that. So go ahead and uh, educate yourself on uh, what's going on there. And then the David wanted to know about the socks, the pants and the helmet, the gloves. Uh, you'll see all that soon enough. Um, the Preds logo, so the things are traditionally larger for the stadium series, just being in the stadium and there's 70,000 people and you want to be able to see the logo. So there's a giant pred head on one of the sides of the pants. And uh, Adidas has said that the logo is also going to be bigger on the helmet as well. And then the socks and the gloves uh, will also come along too. The the gloves are pretty much in the pictures that were, that were posted out, but um, yeah, it's a cool look. I think it's really going to pop outdoors, especially under the lights at, at Nissan stadium too. More info at uh, preds.com and you can find out the background on the sweaters and why they look the way that they do. And uh, we hope we'll see you wear one at the stadium series. And one more that came in, uh, Small Market Insecurities asked, how long until Pecorine is in the Hall of Fame? Which I think this is a really good question referring to the Hockey Hall of Fame, of course, I would assume. And we actually kind of looked at things. We were on the plane one day, actually. Um, and Pekka hadn't even retired yet, but we were kind of looking to see like where was he ranking in categories like wins and shutouts and you know everything that gets factored into that. Where was he ranking on that list of guys that are and are not in the Hall of Fame? So I think the thing about Pex is I don't think it's a lock, but I think he certainly deserves consideration at, at some point or another. Right. And he's, you got to give, you got to be out of the game for a little bit before you're actually eligible to be considered for the Hall of Fame. But I think it's certainly worth a look. And, um, you know, we're biased, but I think he deserves to be in. But when we were looking at that list and the guys that are in, he's up there where he is, especially in, in all time wins and shutouts and things of that nature. A lot of the guys that are also in that range are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that he's one of the greatest goaltenders in NHL history. As we said earlier, the winningest Finnish goaltender in NHL history. So that'll be a debate, I think, that'll come up in the next few years as we go on down the line 
whether or not he deserves to be in. But if nothing else, he certainly deserves to at least be on a ballot, to at least be given consideration because he is in that upper echelon. Well, whenever his name is ready to come up for the ballot, we will start our our, our campaign to get him pushed through. I was going to say, you know Chris Mason has probably already got it all mapped out already. I mean, I always go back to like our Pekka for Vesna, and I have the little pen, and I still have that, and I'm, you know, I'm ready to wear Pekka for Hall of Fame. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, why not start it now, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> I would have started it yesterday. Yes. You know? Yeah, we should have started it yesterday. Well, how about February 24th? That seems like a good time to start it. That's the perfect night. We'll raise his jersey to the rafters, and then we'll start the campaign. By the way, that game on February 24th has been pushed back to a 7.30 start time just to allow for the ceremony to take place. It'll be a big old ceremony pregame for Pecorine, which he rightfully deserves, and things are still being mapped out at this point. But uh, if you haven't found a way to get tickets yet, the Pekka plan is available through Preds.com on the ticketing side of things to Ensure that you not only get tickets to that game, but tickets to a few more as well. Um, but you're, I mean, you're going to want to be there. Like if, if there was one game other than the outdoor game that you would want to go to this year, it's not only going to be one of the biggest nights, arguably the biggest night of the season, but it's one of the biggest nights in franchise history. And if mm-hmm. you're a fan of this team and you have the means to do it, you should be there. I'll just, I'll say that. So find a way to get there. Uh, it's worth it. And certainly to honor a guy like Pex, there's no better way to do so than to do so in person. Uh, so what a night that's going to be. And we're, we've decided we're going to start our Hall of Fame campaign that night, too. There we go. We'll start, you know, uh, Valley Sports, we're going to have the entire night covered. We're going to start an hour early. Mm-hmm. So we have the whole pregame show, like you said, come in person because it's going to be a night to remember. There you go. We'll see you there. February 24th at Bridgestone Arena. Wanted to uh, really quickly give a shout out to... My intern, Justin Hershey, the semester is wrapping up and he did an unreal job. Producer Max is a fan, fellow Vanderbilt Commodore. Uh, But shout out to Justin, who absolutely killed it with the content on Preds.com over the semester. And you've probably read some of his work, but if not, go and check it out. He had one last feature on the Sebastian Bordalo interview that uh, he actually gave a couple weeks ago. But Justin did a great job. So our thanks to him once again for pumping out the Preds content and uh, we'll see who gets in there next semester. They've got some big shoes to fill. So no pressure, but come on down. So Kara had her gravy and her Southern Thanksgiving. And now we're into the month of December. Excited? Very excited. My favorite time of year. I love Christmas music. Same, same. Well, pumped it out on this episode and we're going to keep doing it. So thanks as always for tuning in. I'm Brooke. She's Kara. You know how to follow us on the socials. Send us those uh, wrapped photos. We'd love to see them. We'd love to give you some swag. Thanks again to Mikhail Granlund for joining us this week on the POP. Welcome to the month of December. Santa Claus is coming to town. Talk to you soon. No, thank you.